0: From WCOZ, where's Cause Radio, this is The Stray Mile.
1: When I arrived in Tokyo, the first thing I did was take a subway to where I was staying. Nothing special there. A subway is a subway no matter what city you're in. Understanding the subway map in Japanese was a little tricky, but I figured it out and I was standing next to the platform to wait. Then the train approached. Subway arrival victory music, the first of many, many experiences I had in Tokyo that were commonplace and otherworldly at the same time. I'm Matt and this is the Stray Mile podcast from Tokyo. Two things brought me to Japan's capital city. I am, of course, looking for my high school English teacher, Kaz, who moved to Asia with his wife recently, and, who knows, maybe he's in Tokyo. But, I am also here to visit a friend. When I first met her, Kara was in college, and she worked as a waitress at a restaurant called Makiman in Bonn, Germany, where I live. It wasn't the first sushi restaurant I had ever visited, but it was the first I ever called My Sushi Place. She gets some of the credit for turning me into a sushi fan. She gets nearly all of the credit for getting me on a plane to Japan to visit her and her boyfriend Fabian. They both recently moved to Tokyo for work. On the last episode of the podcast, my friend Dave talked about some of the more obscure places he's traveled to, like Kyrgyzstan or Abkhazia. While those are, indeed, unusual destinations, Dave always got to go home at the end of those trips. But what if you couldn't go home? Like my English teacher Kaz... Caro and Fabian made a one-way trip to Asia. I was their very first guest since they moved at the beginning of January. I sat down with them after a very fine Kobe steak dinner at their apartment to find out what it's like to depart the comfort zone permanently. After the meal that we just had, what is your impression of Japan right now? Very delicious.
0: Yeah, now it's quite good. We had very nice, yummy Kobe steak um, of course, some German potato kratta, <laughs> but yeah, it's good.
2: Well, at least it was a steak experience I never had before. That was a kind of steak taste that you don't find in Germany. At least I did not yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither. Of course, I was expecting something special and very delicious from Kobe steak, but it was actually better than I thought.
2: Like uh, something between butter and a really, really tender steak.
1: So very rich in taste. Yeah. How does that compare with the rest of your experience in the two months you've been in Japan? Better than you expected? Everything all the time?
0: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have to say honestly that I think now we're here since, yeah, a bit more than two months. And the first couple of weeks, everything was just great and different and new and very special kind of.
2: Sushi all the time.
0: Yeah, I was very excited for sushi and now sushi is like our daily food kind of because we work long hours, come home late, so we don't cook at night because we barely come home before midnight. That's why we just go to 7-Eleven or Lawson and grab a sushi roll, so (laughs) it's not so special anymore. Yeah, um, right now I think it's a bit difficult time. I still like the Japanese people. They're still very friendly and nice, but I'm struggling a bit. Yeah, I have to admit.
2: Too much work and not enough free time. Yeah. That's the main problems currently. Yeah. So Monday to Friday is working all day long, going out for work at like, I don't know, 7.30 something, getting home at midnight. So there's nothing else than work and then saturdays and sundays are great but it's too short only saturday and sunday if the whole work is the whole week is only work 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 you have to sleep in late and then you only have half a day each so yeah
1: this has to improve somehow yeah the japanese are known for working a lot you expected this to some extent that okay this is i'm entering a culture where a lot people work quite a lot um but it's from what you've told me, this sounds to be like even more than you would bargain for. Yeah, it is. And actually,
2: we currently work more than the average Japanese employee at our company. So I'm always one of the first in the office and I'm always the second least to, to go. So my boss works 16 hours a day. I work maybe... 14 hours a day. Slacker. And the yeah, <laughs> and the average Japanese in in our department or yeah, I think in the whole company, like the average is maybe but it's a 11, company. 12 hours,
1: something like this. So we currently yeah, mm-hmm. work a bit more. This is something you were anticipating, but what were you thinking before you left? Like, okay, I know it'll be tough, but I'm going to do it because...
0: Yeah, I didn't expect it that bad. I I was always telling people, yeah, Japan is like the working country and I was talking about it but really experiencing it on yourself, like really working that long is struggling and I think it's not even just the long hours for me. Um, yeah, I changed jobs so I was working for a different company in Germany before and now I'm working also for um, a big uh, company here. And so for me, it's, everything's new, like also the smallest little things, which are so easy in Germany, just um, receiving a package at home. It's like a challenge here because in our apartment, there's like this little button blinking and you just don't know where to click because it's all in Japanese, Chinese letters. So you just push wherever and then there's like kind of package showing up. So, you know, OK, there must be a package, but now you don't know how to get it and where to get it. And yeah, and then it's the oven. Also, many buttons, um, all in Japanese. And yeah, so the smallest things are just very difficult and <laughs> challenging in the moment.
2: In the end, th- that's what we signed up for. I mean, yeah. we-, we chose Japan because it's completely different culture. It's a challenge. It's not like, I mean, we've bo- both been to the US, I've been to England, and this is all pretty easygoing. Yeah, you get along with people, communicating is not an issue. And this was the main reason, the culture being completely
1: different. A different culture indeed. I came on a weekend and Caro and Fabian were able to get away from the office and join me for a little sightseeing. Tell me where we're at.
0: We're in Shinjuku.
1: And what is Shinyoku?
0: Shinjuku is like also kind of in, in Japan, it's like there are many downtowns, so there's Shibuya and Shinjuku and Shinjuku is like, for me, the first time being here. So it's a very crowded, crazy, blinky, and yeah, crazy place.
1: Blinky definitely hits it on the head. In some neighborhoods, it's a never-ending barrage of flashing lights or colorful noises. For example, that was a robot standing outside a store, interacting with people walking by. Karo is still working on her Japanese, so she can't translate the robot, but she's still way ahead of me.
0: It's very hard to get along here without speaking a bit of Japanese.
1: Yeah, but you speak some.
0: Uh, a few words. A few words. Let's hear it. Uh, no my So, yeah, you probably can guess. My name is Caroline. Where do you come from? Uh, um,
1: And how do you order two
0: beers?
1: (laughs) In Chunjuku we were heading to an area called Golden Gai. Narrow streets and narrow bars and restaurants. We stepped inside one completely at random. There was room for maybe seven guests at the bar, a row of people standing behind them, and that's it. The owner, a friendly looking Japanese man in his 40s, had songs by the band and Neil Young playing a little too often on his playlist for it to be a coincidence. The guitar hanging on the wall was the clincher. This guy was a 60s and 70s American rocker deep at heart. As we sipped our plum wine, he gestured toward the guitar and asked, want to hear a famous Japanese song? He turned down the CD player, tuned up the guitar, Strapped on a harmonica and let her rip. How did this first come about? How did this possibility of moving to Japan even enter the conversation?
2: Well, it came through my job, so I was basically I just had some very um, not so concrete but just some talks with some some uh, could be uh, bosses yeah so project management for different different um, automotive companies and uh yeah and then at some point i had a discussion with somebody who was handling japanese oems and then he offered me basically two jobs and i could pick one of them and then we said okay we'll think about it and uh yeah but actually it didn't take us that long at this point it was okay we wanted to go bo- go abroad at some point uh, japan japan was never on the was never in the picture actually but then we said, okay, this is a challenge. This is something completely new. Japan is not like, I don't know, China or India. We have some hygienic concerns or something like that. So it's a very developed country, but still very different. And then we said, okay, let's do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still remember it was, I don't remember the date was, but I remember he was having quite a lot of those meetings But uh, actually, that night I came home, I totally forgot that he had a meeting this day. So we were in the kitchen, um, making dinner, and then all of a sudden, between uh, cutting vegetables or whatever, he was saying, oh yeah, uh, we could go to Japan. I'm like, what? Wait? Oh yeah, you had the meeting today. And he's like, yeah, um, actually it went quite well, and we could go to Japan, um, but we should let him know in the next five days. I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, not such a long time, so um, This meant for us like going to bed every night. It was like, okay um, So what did you think today about it? Waking up in the mornings? So did you dream about it? So what's your first thought? And So after a couple of days as you already said, we yeah, we decided okay if we don't do it now because um, yeah We don't have kids. We're not um, married. This wouldn't be a problem, but not having kids I think it makes it easier going abroad and going to yeah to a country like Japan and then we said, okay, if we don't do it now, we will probably rec- uh, regret it sometime. And yeah, it here was, we are. <laughs> it
2: was actually perfect timing because yeah. we know we want to start a family in a couple of years. So if this job opportunity had come by in like three or four years, we might say, okay, no, nah, it's not a good time now. So, but right now was be what was basically perfect timing for it.
1: Was the was the other position also in Japan, or was it something completely different?
2: No, it was also in Japan, yeah. but it was a, a different, uh, different car maker, and the project was not so concrete, and it was also, from technical point of
1: view, a bit less challenging. So then I said, okay, it's gonna be this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, here this weekend, and you guys have said you've only been here, you know, a little more than two months. You're just in this new apartment for, what, two weeks, mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, just getting kind of all of your furniture sent from Germany and things like that. I've had some IKEA adventures recently, um, you know, shopping for things to, to get your apartment together and things like that. And um, on top of working, you know, 500 hours per week or whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's clear to see that it's it's a bit of a – bit of an uphill battle for you guys at the moment and reality is kind of setting in. And so now that you're kind of like having this reality check, you still like the decision you've made?
0: Yes, of course. Um, I think if I, sometimes there are days, um, actually it was just last week, but I uh, went into um, me and was thinking about, was it really a good decision? Sometimes it would feel very comfor- um, comfortable to just book a ticket. Fly back home, but then what should I do at home? So, we um, yeah, we canceled everything. Um, I quit my job back home, and uh, we don't have our apartment, so the life we had there is not there anymore. So, um, so this is also like it's not a point going back because it wouldn't be the same as we left it. And um, for me, we had those cultural seminars, I think it's it's quite awkward being in those seminars when you don't um, have the life we're having now. It's like before you go, um, because you can't imagine how it's really going to be. But now, actually, I see myself in such uh, in those stages they were telling us about. So uh, first couple of weeks, you like everything. Everything is great, and then after a while, everything you loved and thought it would be, or it's very good, um, everything is bad, and you don't like it, and it's different, and it's um, kind of challenging, hard, and you just want to go back. So um, yeah, I think, as I said before, I'm at this point at the moment, but um, I don't want to regret it now, because there is some hope that it will be better. And um, I also think Japan is a very, very nice country to live in if you just don't work as much, because there's so much to see. There are so many places we want to travel to. Um, For example, my sister is coming in um, May and we will actually travel for the first time, um, going to um, Kyoto. And then we also want to go uh, to Hokkaido. It's like the biggest island um, up north. And then uh, Okinawa, Southern um, Islands, scuba diving and there's so much to see in this country and so therefore i still want to be here for quite a while and i'm really thinking and hoping that it will be better so it's hard at the moment but no i don't regret
2: it
1: It was a good night for a pair of expats at the end of a 70-hour work week, and it called for one of the comforts of home to cap it off. After serious Googling, Fabian found a food stand serving döner kebab, a Turkish flatbread sandwich loved by Germans who were heading home at the end of the night. I don't believe it. Fabian, tell me the significance of finding a kebab in Tokyo. It's maybe the best day of my life.
2: (laughs) I have sushi every single day, so kebab is kind of special now. It's after midnight,
1: so you need a kebab, huh? Before I sign off, there is, of course, the matter of my search for Kaz. I told you that I'm looking for my English teacher from high
0: school. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, saw, you told. His
1: name. Me. His name is Kaz. He's a pretty tall guy. Wears glasses. He's got a beard. Okay. Uh, you know, salt and pepper beard. Um, have you seen him?
0: No is he is he somewhere in japan do you know of him being here in japan or
1: well he's in asia he's and in japan asia. is in asia
0: yeah of course yeah so far <laughs> so, so
1: far. I'm, I'm just no. narrowing down the countries no. he's not in china and no
0: but there are so many million people here just in tokyo but i haven't seen him but actually he would he would um or i would be uh, or i would recommend uh, recognize him just like Because most of the people here are not so tall. They're pretty short. No.
1: Okay, well, keep your eyes open.
0: I will. Okay. And
1: if you see him, you tell him I'm looking for him. Okay. I guess the search continues, but I'll be in Tokyo a bit longer with Caro and Fabian, and we'll hear more from them next time on the Stray Mile podcast. Don't forget to check out StrayMile.com for more from Tokyo and the rest of the trip, or look for Stray Mile on Facebook or Instagram. Keep on rockin'. (laughs) So you're embracing the uh,
2: local music? Yeah, I'm already (laughs) deep into Japanese culture.